Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. The Bible says to praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Why don't you take a moment right now and just worship the Lord? Just try to reach for some greatness in that praise. Lord, I worship you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. What a mighty God. What a wonderful God. And what a wonderful group of people gathered here today. Amen. God is good. Let's thank God for each other, the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It feels good to be here and to worship the Lord with people of precious-like faith. And uh, if you're your, this is your first time here, we welcome you. It's wonderful to have you here worshiping with us. And I know there are people that are traveling, the senior uh, from our school are, are traveling, and uh, Bishop has been up there with them. And, and I know different people, different things are happening. So let's, let's remember the body. Sometimes the, uh, we're traveling, things are happening, but we need to always keep each other in prayer. And uh, always have that, that attitude of reaching out to each other. I, um, I'm going to be uh, uh, studying some things in the Word, and we're going to be focused on some things for the next few weeks. And so before I, I get into this, let's just take a moment and pray, and then we're going to be seated, okay? Let's do that. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for your Word. I thank you for your wonderful people that have gathered here, God, because we desire to be close to you. We desire to worship you. We desire, Lord, to go to heaven together. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will come down in this place. Take over this service, Jesus. Take over everything, God, from the beginning to the end. God, let lives be forever changed. Help us, God, to step across the line. Let the Spirit of God rest upon us. Let us be forever changed in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If that's what you desire, clap your hands as you're seated in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Built to last. We're starting a new year, and I pray that we think built to last. You know, we, we live in a world that very little is built to last. Uh, not all that long ago, I was um, uh, in Ocala, my family. We were coming off the S-curve there, and uh, there was a Hummer, nice-looking Hummer. Things big. I'm like, mm, that's nice right there. Well, this young girl, I guess, was driving her daddy's Hummer. And uh, she wasn't paying attention like she should. And she pulled right out in front of this other truck that was just cruising. And boom! That Hummer looked big and bad, but it wasn't big and bad. That thing just fell apart. It was like, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, oh, my Lord. I mean, it looked good. And that, see, that's what we're good at. We're good at making things look good. Right. 
But the reality of it is a lot of times just surface. Just on the surface, it looks all right. On the surface, everything seems all right. But we really don't build things to last. Now, you get in one of them old cars. Someone's feeling the Holy Ghost over an old car. Come on now. I mean, you get in one of those things. First of all, when you drive it, you know you're driving something. I mean, it's just like a boat going down the road. But if you hit something, it's moving. You ain't. I mean, there's something about the, the way they build. But we, we just tend to just throw things up. I, uh, years ago, um, I had the opportunity uh, to go with uh, many people here in this church on a uh, trip to um, uh, over in the Mediterranean area, and we visited a lot of different areas. And, um, and, and it's amazing. Stuff's still standing over there. I'm talking about stuff's been there a long time, before Jesus. Long time, still standing. I was uh, um, looking at, uh, I, I'm thinking of all kinds of different things. We, we drove out on these scooters. I, I know I look pretty cool in a scooter, but anyways, we rented these scooters. We went way out in the country, way out in the country. Now, in, in the city of Rome, we were in Rome at one point, and in the city there, um, I mean, everything's protected. You can't get close to anything. Well, we drove out there. And once you get out in the country, right in the middle of, of cow pastures is, is the old aqueduct. It, they're still standing. They're, still, they're just out there with the cows. It's amazing. This stuff, they, they didn't just throw it up. They, they built it, and they built it with some substance. I, was, I went to the theater, and I stood in the theater along with uh, some of the others that, that went with us. Uh, where Paul, where they shouted, greatest Diana, Diana of the Ephesians for, for, the, for hours and hours. They're shouting this. I went and stood in that theater. It's still up. They have concerts there. It's unbelievable. And the acoustics are unbelievable. I was standing on the stage, and there were, there were people. It's huge. It's like a, a half of a, a, a football stadium or something, but way up there. And I, I didn't yell. I just kind of raised my voice. Of course, I do have a preacher voice, but anyhow, I just kind of raised my voice and said, hey, can you all hear me? And they were like, yeah, good. So I, I quoted like a big portion of Acts just for the pure fun of it. Um, but uh, it, it, was, it was amazing that, that it's still standing. It's, it was built to last. And I, I hope that we build things. I hope we take pride in what we do. I, I, I think it's sad when we just throw things together. I think we should build things in this earth that last. But I think it's very important that we don't let the attitude of this world get a hold of things that are very precious to us. Things that really mean something. I believe that we need to build marriages that last. We don't need to just jump in, jump out. We live in a world that if you don't like it, you get out of it, you get yourself a new one. Just in and out, out, don't, don't. Worry about what anyone thinks or anything does. Don't worry about the effect on children. Don't worry about this. It's just there, here and there, just in and out. We've got to decide. Listen, there are some things that deserve some time, some energy, and some focus. And I pray over the next, next few weeks we start saying, I'm going to build a marriage that lasts. We need to build our children. We don't need to throw our children to the wolves. We need to put something inside of our children 
that will last a lifetime. We need to put some character in them that when the winds begin to blow in this world, they don't just fly off the handle, but they've got something planted. There's some substance inside of them. We need to build our children to last. Our relationships, we need to build them to last. We can't be fickle. We can't be thin-skinned. Let every little thing bother us and throw us off. Yeah, you're going to get aggravated at me sometimes. I can't believe it, but I know it's true. But don't let that ruin relationships. Well, I don't agree with everything they, they say. You will be a lonely person. But you've got to put something inside of you that says, I, I, I've got a great friendship. I'm going to build that relationship, and it's going to last. Brother Ricky and I have been friends, well basically all of a life. I came into the world a couple months before you. How many months? Four months. So, four months I didn't like him, I guess. I don't know. But then I discovered Rick. A great friendship. Do you know me and Rick don't agree on everything? That's hard to believe, I know. I know I aggravate him, and I can promise you he aggravates me. No, I'm just... But friendships don't last. Because you just say, hey, you know, yeah, you know, as long as you agree with me and as long as we get along, everything's going to be fine. Brother Joey's not here, but I can pick on him. Joe drives me crazy. When we play, when we play chess together or something like that, you know, me, I, I'm, let's move. Let's go. He'll just look at the board. Are you serious? personalities clash, the way things are done clash. But if you're going to build something that lasts, you've got to put some substance. You've got to go beyond the pretty out, the, the, the circumference of a Hummer that looks big, it looks bad, but the reality of it is just a bunch of plastic. It's all show. You've got to say, I'm going to put something. People here, you're going to build a business. You can't just throw up a sign and build a business. You've got to put some integrity in it. You've got to put some time in it. You've got to put some energy in it. We, we've got to get out. And I, I just believe we seem to live in this world that's just, give it to me right here, right now. Let's go. I was talking this morning. We were talking about a, a game. It's the impatience of our world that astounds me. Astounding to me. There is a, there is a game that's called the Clash of Clans. Now, there may be some clashers in this place. I don't know. But this game, a lot of people play it. This game, for everything I understand, you can play it for absolutely free. You never have to spend $1, and you can play it. But here's the catch. Apparently, you've got to train troops and all this stuff, and it takes time to do it. It takes time. I mean, you say, okay, I want this and this. Well, you have to go away for sometimes hours, sometimes days while it happens. It's building up. Or you can buy gems. And by buying these gems, you can pay, and it will happen instantly. Boom. It's done. This game, which you can play from beginning to end absolutely free, do you know how much they make a day? A half a million dollars. Every other day... 
this game makes a million dollars. Why? Impatience. Give it to me. Let's do it right now. I got to go. Got to go. Got to get next thing, next thing, next thing. Impatience. They are making a half a million dollars because people cannot wait. But quick things in life, they come quick and they go quick. You, you know, people say, well, I'm going I'm to start a new job. Well, I don't like it. I'm out of here. I'm going to do this. So I don't like the way they treated me. I'm going to start this. You ain't going to do nothing in life like that. You've got to plant your feet and build something. You've got to build things in your life. Don't, don't let it just come and go. A church, a strong church, takes time to build. A relationship with God takes time to build. You can't just say, I'm going to try it and say, well, it don't work for me. No, it won't work. You've got to put, put your, your hands in the harvest. You've got to get your spirit focused. You've got to say, I'm here. I'm here to stay. That's how you build a church. That's how you become a part of the kingdom of God. You've got to build it with a mindset. I'm building it to last. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 1. It says, a wise woman builds her house, but a foolish plucketh it down with her hands. These two opposing forces that you find all through Scripture, you find where someone is building something, and you find where someone else is coming behind trying to pluck it down. Every one of us have seen these people in our life. People that, that are building things and others that have nothing but negative things. They've never done nothing in their life, but they're going to accuse you of everything and talk about how you don't know what you're doing. I'm not aggravated. I'm just saying. Not the responsibility. Nothing there. You're trying to build something. You're trying to put something down, and everyone just has everything. Why you're not doing it right? Why things ain't happening right? There's two opposing forces, and the Bible calls the difference wise and foolish. The wisdom, the quality, the state of being wise, knowledge, what is true, and the right way to judge and to act. Foolish, lack of concern, not showing any Real focus, unwise, foolish actions, foolish speech, lacking forethought. The foolish doesn't, they don't look beyond the moments. All they can see is what's right in front of them at the moment. They, they, they cannot see beyond it. And they make every step, every action they do is based on what they have in front of them that day. This is the theme in the Word of God. I could go scripture after scripture. Let me go to one famous one real quick. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. A wise man that built his house on the rock is the one that hears the words and does something with it. The rains descend and the floods came and the wind blew and beat upon the house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And every man that heareth, you're hearing the same things, you've got the same information, the same opportunities. 
You hear the same things, but doeth them not. Shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came. Same opportunities, same struggles. Same things, same things in your hand. You can grasp, you can make something, you can build the marriage, you can do it, you can build the business, you can do it, you can help your kids, you can do it, but yet, same opportunities, different results. Although we're all dealing with the same issues. The rain descended, the wind blew, beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. What are the two opposing forces between something that's built to last and something that's washed away? Whether you go to the book of Proverbs and you read that a wise woman builds her house and a foolish one plucks it down, or you come to the writings of Jesus where a wise man builds on the rock and a foolish uh, man builds on the sand, it's the same opposing force. It's the wise and it's the fool. It's those that say, I'm going to put preparation into my life, and those that say, I'm just going to go with the winds and the tides. The quick fix is what I'm looking for. I'm here to preach the soul's harbor. That God needs to help us uh, and we need to let God help us uh, to say, listen, uh, I'm not looking for the quick, pretty fix. Uh, I'm looking uh, for something uh, that's going to last uh, the test of time. Uh, I'm looking for something uh, in 2015 uh, that when the winds blow uh, and the storm rages, uh, I'm going to be standing uh, on the other side of the storm. Huh. So go after wisdom. I need wisdom. We'll go after it. Wisdom don't just show up. The Bible tells us, Proverbs 4, 5 through 9, get wisdom. Get it. Get it. Get wisdom. Go after wisdom. Well, I was raised in a family that don't have that. I'm sorry. Get wisdom. I had these situations in my life. I'm sorry. I wish I could do something about it. But you can't go back and do anything in the past. So you're here and it's now. So get wisdom. You can get wisdom today. It won't fix your t- yesterday. But it can help you tomorrow. Today is the day that you say, I'm going to get, get, go after it. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of thy mouth. Forsake her not. Don't forsake wisdom. Don't forsake wisdom for a quick fix. Don't forsake wisdom for something. Let me just get this done. This is bothering me. I just need to jump past it real quick. Don't forsake it. She shall preserve thee if you'll hold on to wisdom. Love her. She shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. The principal thing. The principle is, is something that is the main thing. It's the, it is the, the strongest force uh, in a situation. You want to pay on the principle. It's the thing that really matters. Uh, when you go to school, it's a principle that has that final word. The principle is that, that force. So principle, he says, wisdom is the most forceful thing you can have in your life. Uh, get wisdom. For wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get it. Get wisdom. And with all you're getting Get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. How, how am I going to move to the next level? Grow in wisdom. How am I going to keep moving forward in life? You're going to grow in wisdom. 
He said, keep growing in wisdom. Don't let it go. Exalt wisdom. Do everything based on wisdom. He said, and she's going to honor you. Uh, It's going to be something that's going to sustain you. She shall give uh, into thy hand an ornament of grace and a crown of glory. Uh, It's going to deliver to you. There is glory. There is a lot of things uh, that you think is out of your reach when the truth of the matter is, uh, is you can get wisdom. Wisdom is the most important thing uh, you can go after. Proverbs 8 and 11 says, for wisdom is better than rubies. And all the things you may desire is not to be compared to it. Wisdom is better. And if we're not careful, we just reach after the things of this earthly world. And we gather all these things And there's no peace in our home. And there's no joy in our home. And there's nothing that really we can can look at and say, that's what I built. There's nothing there. But we've just gathered all kinds of things. Hmm. It is very possible to get what you want, but not want what you get. It's absolutely possible to get what you want, but not want what you get. Because once you get it and there's no wisdom, no forethought in it, now all of a sudden this don't mean anything to me. Classic example is one of the 12 apostles, Judas, went and got the silver. But once he got it, he has it now. It's, it's his now, but now he don't want it. He went after something. He pursued some things. But once he got what he had, he realized this is not right. He tried to give it back. They wouldn't take it. He threw it. He goes and kills himself. He got what he want, but he did not want what he got. People say, well, I'm just going after everything in life. I, I'm going to go and I'm going I'm to build this and I'm going to do that. But the things that really matter, we give no focus, no, no insight. Wisdom says this is what you should focus on. Wisdom says this is how you should handle this. It's not me just going with the air and someone writes a new book and I follow the new book. No, I've got to get wisdom inside of me to show me what to read, to show me who to listen to. Let there be wisdom. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally. Wisdom is not beyond you. Wisdom is not just for a certain few. Anyone can get wisdom. You get it. You go after wisdom. So what I will be preaching about the next few weeks built to last. Seven pillars of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 9 Verses 1 through 12, a little bit of a lengthy read here. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn it out of seven pillars. She built something. She did it out of seven pillars. Seven pillars of wisdom, seven pillars of understanding, seven pillars that's going to help you get from point A to point B. You can read it 1 through 12. I'm just going to focus on the beginning here. The seven pillars of wisdom we're going to be talking about is preparation, giving, making good choices, knowing how to handle scorners, knowing how to treat the wise, fearing God, and having responsibility. Wisdom. James 1 and 5, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. And it prayeth not, 
and it shall be given. There is no one that God says you can't have wisdom. There is no one in this place that you're here and you're just not going to have wisdom. That don't matter. You're just not going to have it. That's not the case. If we will seek God for it, we will have wisdom. Proverbs 2, 3 through 6. Yea, if thou criest after her. See, you have to go after wisdom. You can't stay where you are and just say, this is comfortable for me and grow. It's not going to happen. You've got to decide, I'm going to seek after those that cry after knowledge. Lift up their voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures. See, the thing is, is you have to put the effort. The reason why we live in a foolish state is because we never grow past that. The reason we never grow is not because we don't have the ability to grow, but because we are not reaching after anything that's going to help us grow. Now, I know it's Sunday morning, and it feels like I'm doing a seminar, but if you'll listen to me over the next few weeks, uh, God is going to help you uh, build things in your life uh, that's going to last. Uh, If you will put this stuff uh, inside of your spirit uh, and stop just saying, this is who I am. This is what I'm always going to be. No, this is who you was until today. But today, it's time to turn the page. Today, it's time to say, listen, I'm not living that life no more. I'm not going to be the fool. I'm going to be the wise. Seek her as silver. Don't just say, well, I hope I get it. Seek her. Reach after wisdom. Go after understanding. It's a treasure hidden. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. This thought has always been, I never preached a message on it, but I've mentioned it a few times because it just stayed in my mind. The Bible talks about a man that found a treasure in a field and he sold all that he had and bought the field because there was treasure in that field. That's awesome. I'm going to go after the principal thing. But my my question is, who sold the field with the treasure? Who had something that they did not search out? Who had a wise father that built a business that would not talk to their father? That supported their family. Who is that? Who is it that had someone in the church that has the marriage that you're looking for, but you don't ask them any questions? You don't seek it out. It's there, but you sell it out. Wisdom is something that you have to seek for. It does not drop in your lap. You will not wake up tomorrow wise. It will not happen. You spoke in tongues today, but you will not wake up wise tomorrow. It will not happen. You may go to heaven, but you're not going to live with wisdom. Wisdom must be sought after. Wisdom says, I'm not going to stay here any longer. I refuse to stay in this place. I'm getting up from here. I'm going somewhere. Get wisdom. The Lord, verse 6, giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Go after God, (laughs) and you will find wisdom. The first of the seven pillars is preparation. It says, wisdom has built her house. She has hewn it out of seven pillars. Verse number 2, Proverbs 9 and 2. She hath killed her beast. 
She hath mingled her wine. She hath furnished her table. She hath. Not she's going to. Not she thought about it. Not that she thinks it's a good idea for there to be stuff on the table. She hath done this. She's, all, she's already prepared. Wisdom is prepared for the next thing. Wisdom says, I don't know everything that's going on, but she hath killed the beast. She's already got the meat ready. She ain't got to go chase down the cow. I've been in some restaurants, and the only thing I could think of is they're out there trying to find a cow, and the cows won't come to them, just waiting forever. Come on, it's a burger, people. Let's go. <laughs> Wisdom prepares things. She hath already, she hath, she hath done it. She hath killed the beast. She hath mingled the wine. She hath also furnished her table. She is prepared. Wisdom is living a life of preparation. Wisdom is saying, listen, it is the act of being prepared, making ready, being ready to go. It is that that calls wisdom. It is the first pillar of wisdom. It is how God ordains things. Wisdom does not just happen in life. It makes preparation for it. <laughs> you got to get ready for life. That's why you go to school. Maybe you go to college. That's why you, you get a job before you even start thinking about marriage. People are like, oh, I'm going to get married. You got a job? Nope. <laughs> you ain't thinking about marriage then. Hallelujah. Wisdom gets ready for life. Wisdom figures out things. Wisdom reads the next book they need to. Wisdom goes to the next class they need to. Wisdom prepares for the unexpected. See, when you're not prepared, it doesn't matter how strong you are. You're not prepared. Huh. Harry Houdini was known how strong his... His abs were, he, he worked on himself constantly because he would be in these water tanks and he wanted, he had to be fit. He had to make sure he was fit so he was under there and he's doing, uh, trying to get out and he had to make sure he was ready. So he, they, they said he had these, the, these abs that were like rock hard and he, he would go to people and people would, it was a thing, you know, punch me. You know, these big guys, I don't know, I don't get that stuff, but anyhow, don't punch me, whoever you are, don't, don't, just, just don't do it, okay? Don't, don't do it to me. And so... And so, but that was his thing. And these big guys would, you know, come up and boom. And he, ha, 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 ha. I don't understand it. But there was one day that his nephew came up, and he had a friend that was a a, a big, strong college young man, and he was actually um, a, a a boxer, I believe, if I'm, memory serves me correctly. But he walked up, and his he's been telling him, "You can punch him as hard as you want to; it wouldn't hurt him." And he walked up, and he just hit him, and ruptured things in his body. He could take it, but he wasn't prepared. See, preparation, it's, it's not that, well, I, I'm big enough. If you're not prepared, Pearl Harbor happened because we weren't prepared. We could have fought, but we weren't prepared. 9-11 happened because we weren't prepared. Things happen when you're not prepared. It doesn't matter how strong you are, how great you are. When you're not prepared for it, it takes you unaware, and now you're struggling. Preparation is a principal thing that has to be in our life. The opposite of preparation is disassembling. Taking things apart. Taking it piece by piece. Just pulling things down. As the Bible says, the foolish plucks it down with her hands. 
The opposite is people trying to pull things down around you. There are people in this place that you live around people that are constantly pulling things down around you. They're constantly pulling on you and saying things to you that's keeping you in a downward position. There are also people here today that you are one of the ones that when you see people rising above you, you reach up and pull them down because you want everyone to stay right where you are. They say misery loves company. Uh, Whether you're around someone like that or whether you are someone like that, uh, that is the action of a fool. You need to make up in your mind. Let my brother succeed. Let my sister succeed. Let them go to the next level. That can't be in your mind. I'm going to push them up. I'm going to help them get to the next level. I'm going to be there for them. That's what makes a strong church. That's what makes a strong marriage. That's what makes great kids. That's what makes great relationships. The other option is just an apathy. Just... I'm not prepared. I'm not necessarily pulling things down, but I just don't really care. Just kind of out there, lack of interest, enthusiasm, concern, nothing. (laughs) Just left alone. I'm not trying to pull anything down. I'm just going to leave it alone. Everything left to itself becomes destroyed. Second law of thermodynamics. You you leave it long enough, it's going to come down. Things start eating away of it. Things, life just starts happening. It's the way it is. I, you know, you go out into certain places and, and there was a pyramid. All of a sudden it's covered up. Listen, that whole entire pyramid was totally covered up. There was a day that people were just out there with a broom and cleaning it off. But year after year of no one helping, no one doing anything, all of a sudden it's covered because life just happens. Life covers things up. And you can't say, well, I'm just going to check out. I'm not going to help the church. I'm not going to hinder the church. I'm just going to kind of sit there. That is going to allow things to begin to decay. I'm not going to hurt my marriage. I'm not going to help my marriage. I'm just going to sit there. That is going to be a disaster. It's just waiting to happen. You've got to say, listen, I'm not going to disassemble things. I'm not going to live with apathy. What I'm going to live with is preparation. I'm not going to wait until life happens. I'm going to happen to life. I'm not going to wait till things just come in my life. I'm going to start moving forward with purpose i'm saying in 2015 why not live different in 2015 why not step some things up why don't you make your decision i'm gonna live for god why don't you make a decision god is not in the dissembling mechanism he's not an apathy he doesn't just sit back and watch god is a god of preparation if you've been in any bible studies in this church very long you probably heard some of us talk about that God is the God of preparation. God prepares things. God prepares things. Then he takes care of what he prepared. I believe that. I believe in, you see it at the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Day two. God begins to separate the waters from beneath of the waters above. Day three, he begins to make dry land appear. First three days, days of preparation. He prepared everything. 
The next three days, you lay right on top of it. He fills what he prepares. Day one, he, create, he said, let there be light. He himself was that light. The Bible says when we go to heaven, there will be no sun, no moon, for the Lord himself is the light. So the first thing is he put himself. But then he gave light a source on day four. He, you go ahead and lay it right on top. Day one, he made the light. Day four, he made the sun, moon, and stars. Day two, he made the waters beneath and the waters above. We, li- we walk in an ocean right now. There, there's more sure if not we would dry up and we would die but then he filled it he put birds in the sky and fish in the sea on day five day three he made the dry land day six he made the things that creep upon the land you can lay them right on top of each other there were three days of preparation and three days of filling what God prepares and if you're not willing to go through the preparation you're not going to survive what would have happened if God would have made a fish before he made water what would have happened if God began to put things out there and didn't give him anything, no substance, nothing? No, he prepares things. He says, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. Now, once we get to the preparation process, now I'm going to come back, and I'm going to feel the things I prepared. What you've got to be willing to do is go through the preparation process so God can get you to the feeling process. That repentance is not just a passing moment. It is a preparation for the Spirit of God to come inside of you again. God is a God of preparation. He is a God all the way through the Bible. You could tell you... You think of it, when Joshua was going into the promised land, you're going to go there, you've got to prepare. Make sure everyone begins to prepare themselves uh, to go in. He didn't say, let's just go in. He said, let's prepare to go in. Uh, let's prepare things uh, so we can go conquer what needs to be conquered. Uh, God is a God of preparation. He doesn't just say, let's do it. Uh, he prepares it, and he fills it. He prepared even for himself. Mark chapter 1, verse 3. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. God is a God of preparation. God doesn't just fly off the cuff. He doesn't just do this and do that. He looks and says, okay, I'm coming, but I'm going to have someone that's going to be the forerunner. He is going to prepare the way before me because God is a God of preparation. Look all the way through the Bible. You will find that the Bible is all about preparation, preparation to meet God, preparation to do the right thing, preparation for marriage, preparation for business, preparation. You find it all the way through the Bible. Who's going to build a house that they don't first? stop and count the cost preparation not just living by the seat of your pants a man builds a house first but he counts the cost he begins to say what's going on we should plan for things we should not just let things happen We need to look and say, okay, what is the steps I need to take? What are the things I need to do? I need to set some things up in life. Uh, This is where I'm heading. This is what I'm going. Uh, The world and the the day that we're living in, we call them goals. Uh, I don't care if you call them goals. I don't care if you say it's just preparation, whatever you want to do. But you've got to set something out beyond uh, where you are right here and right now. Uh, Oh, this is just something that Brian Tracy would teach. Well, it's smart. You should listen to him when it comes to goals. Uh, But that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about for your life 
life, uh, your life uh, could be so much better uh, if you will look down the road uh, and not just say, well, maybe I'll go to church or maybe I won't. No, I've already prepared myself. Uh, my children uh, are going to see me going to church. Uh, my children are going to see that a priority. I don't wait for the moment to make the decision. I've made the moment a long time ago. Huh. I want to get a new job. Well, you need to prepare for a new job. I want a new position. You need to prepare for a new position. You've got to think about yourself. What are you doing to make yourself more valuable? What are you doing to make yourself more valuable? Yes, you're always valuable. You're valuable to, to me. You're valuable to your husband and wife. But I'm talking about the things in life. You've got to add value to yourself. You've got to grow in wisdom and understanding. That's why you get moved up through life. That's why things happen. And if you don't grow, you don't become more valuable by the things that you have put in. Then there's no reason for you to get another job, another position. You're just happy where you are. Don't wait for them to put you there. Grow yourself to that place. Put yourself in a position. I'm talking about life. Yes, uh, yes, the Lord is coming. I'm about to talk about it. But the Bible says, occupy until I come. Uh, you've got to prepare yourself uh, for this life. You've got to get things in order. I'm here to tell you, uh, wisdom uh, is preparation. Uh, wisdom uh, looks beyond the moment. <laughs> How to prepare yourself depends on what you're preparing for. I could prepare you to hang drywall, but if you need an electrician, it ain't going to help you much. What you're preparing for to, and how to prepare for it to, depends on what it is, but there are some universal preparations for anything in life. First of all, you need to pray about it. You don't need to just make decisions. You need to pray about it. So many people that something happens and their first reaction is to do all kinds of stuff, but prayer is the last thing they do. Prayer is just something that's somewhere in the background. Maybe I will get to it, maybe I won't, whatever happens, but, but that's not their first knee-jerk reaction. Uh, prayer needs to be the thing that you just go to no matter what else is happening. Uh, you want to know how to prepare? Pray. Pray is how you prepare for things. Uh, pray is how you get ready for what's going on. Uh, these are universal. I don't care what you're doing. You say, well, I'm going to get a job to do such and such. I'm going to marry so-and-so. I don't care who you're marrying, what job you're getting. The first thing you need to do is you need to pray about it. We live in a world that will give you all kind of psychological answers of how to handle everything. That's not your first move. Your first move is to go to God in prayer. The number one move in your life needs to be prayer. It should be the priority. That's where you will find wisdom. That's where you find wisdom. That's where you find understanding. Universal preparation is study the Word of God. Pray and study the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. You'll know how to handle things. People say, I wish life came with an instruction book. It does. If I was a TV preacher, I'd say just nine ninety five right now. I'll send you your instruction book. And I'll anoint it before I send it to you. This is your instruction book. This is it. This is the thing that helps you know what to do. Well, I want to live with, I want to handle things wisely. I want to do things the right way. I want to build things the right way. 
It's all right here. I don't care if it's a marriage, a job. I don't care what it is. Every good principle that we have renamed and put out there, the roots of it are right here in the Word of God. Everything that's good and perfect cometh down from the Father of lights. Everything that's worth anything comes from this book. Universal preparation. Pray about it. Tell someone to pray about it. Tell them to study the Word of God. Seek godly counsel. You need to seek godly counsel. It's amazing to me that people that are going through problems in their marriage, I, I see them talking to people that also have problems in their marriage. Now, if they work through it, yes. But if their result is not the right result, just talking to people, you know, I think sometimes we just feel better about that. You know, <laughs> my business is failing. Your business failed. Let me talk to you a little bit. Just want someone to cry with. Seek godly counsel. Counsel that comes from the Word of God. Study it yourself, but seek godly counsel. A prophet that never, never just showed up. Anytime a prophet just showed up in the Word of God, he was prophesying destruction. You don't want prophets just showing up in your life, apparently. It was a prophet showing up to David saying, you are the man. <laughs> it's Elijah just showing up saying it's not going to rain till I say otherwise when they show up it's not normally good but when people inquired of a prophet now all of a sudden wisdom began to flow and they knew what to do and they knew how to handle the battle they knew what they were facing they knew the things that were coming because they inquired you've got to seek out godly counsel I'm not going to chase people down of everything in life uh, but a simple word that is spoken could change everything uh, you need to get around people that have been there done that you need to say listen uh, I need some understanding uh, why I want to have wisdom and wisdom the first pillar of wisdom uh, is preparation and I prepare by getting the information around me. I do that, number one, by praying. Number two, by reading the Word of God. Number three, by getting godly counsel. I can't just do something. I want to prepare for it, and I want to do it right. Once you have done that, you need to read the right books. You need to go to the right class. You need to get the information. Don't just jump into it. Get the information. And then start doing it. That's the difference between the, 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 rock and the, uh, the, the, the rock and the sand. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. The hearing of it was not, was not the problem. Both of them heard. He said, those that hear, you heard, got the same information, but what are you going to do with the information that you got? What are you going to do with it? The fool heard it and did his quick fix. The wise heard it and said, man, this is going to be some work. But here it goes. 
It's what you do with the information when that man of God speaks to you. It's what you do with the information that when you're in prayer, God speaks to you. It's what you do with the information when you're studying the Word of God and it comes to you. It's what you do with it when the man of God or or life says, this is a good book on how to do whatever, and you take it and you read it and you throw it. But no, I'm going to do some of the principles that are in it. That's what makes the difference. It's the preparation It's making sure everything is right. Everything, everything is created twice. Everything is created twice. First in your mind. Secondly, in the natural. Everything. This building was created twice. Every detail of this building is created twice. Someone got into a, a, an architect, sat down, and began to draw everything out and began to put everything where it needed to be, began to put every beam where it needed to be, put every structure, every bolt, everything where it needed to be. And so it was built before it was built. And that's what you have to do. You can't just say, I'm going to throw something up in life and it's going to work out. It will not work out. I'm, not t- I'm talking about the principles of the Word of God. Uh, you've got to look beyond. Listen, Jesus, Jesus. This works exactly with Jesus. The Bible says, uh, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. That word, Word, there is Logos, the the thought. Uh, So in the beginning was the thought, and the thought was with God, and the thought was God. Uh, That thought, uh, and so what it was, uh, is the Bible says, uh, now now the Word of God's flowing here. The Bible says uh, that He was the Lamb uh, slain before the foundation of the world. Uh, Before the foundation of the world, uh, was there an actual Lamb? that was there bleeding no that's not what it was but in the mind of God he looked at the end of the matter and created and prepared everything that we were going to need it starts when you begin to prepare things in your heart and in your mind don't just sit there and say whatever happens happens no move forward with focus stay on the potter's wheel let God work on you Let God begin to do things in you. And you make preparation. And there are some here saying, well, I've done some of that and things just haven't worked out. Things, life happens like that. Things don't always work out the way you planned it. Things don't always happen the way you think they should happen. You got to sometimes get another plan. (laughs) Sometimes you got to just move along. <laughs> you got to say, well, there's got to be another way to do it. Old Chicken George said, what do you do when your plan fails? He said, you get yourself another plan. And that's exactly right, Chicken George. You get yourself another plan. You don't just sit there and say, my plan didn't work. Get yourself another plan. God reaches down and anoints Saul to be king over Israel. Well, Saul messed up, but God works in real time. God had a plan. He laid it out. He was willing to do it. But when when Saul, he gave man that free will, that free choice. And when Saul messed up, uh, uh, the Bible says that God said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. I have provided a king among his sons. Uh, While while Samuel was still crying about his old plan that didn't work, uh, God was saying, What are you doing crying about it? Uh, 
I've got what you need, but you've got to get up, get fresh oil inside of you, and go where I tell you to go. God's not messed up. You may have somehow messed up. You may have fallen out of the plan of God, but God works in real time. He says, yes, you messed up. Now get up again. Get up again. Try again. Let's go this way. God's not going to leave you there by yourself. It's time to get up. You've got to put things in the right place. Oh, my goodness. I'm hurrying. You've got to put things in the right place. Prioritize. But don't stop yourself. Don't pull yourself back from preparing for what is coming down the road. First things first. First things first. The Bible says that Moses, excuse me, Noah, he had that, the fear of God in him. The Bible says he prepared an ark for the saving of his family, for his household, for those that were there. He prepared an ark. Do you know how long it took him to prepare that ark? Most people say about 120 years. Now, they live 800 and 900 years. There's a lot of reasons for that I won't go into, but, but 120 years. Let me tell you. He had to provide for his family while he prepared for his family. 120 years, they had a few meals. 120 years, they probably had to put new roofs on their houses. They probably had to, uh, I mean, there's no telling all the things they had to work on, they had to do. For 22, uh, for 100, excuse me, 120 years, they are working on all these different things. They had to go through life. Uh, they had to keep living. Uh, they had to keep educating their family. They had to do all these things. Uh, but they said, listen, uh, whatever else we do, uh, we're going to prepare uh, for the saving uh, of our family. Uh, and I don't know what else you got going on in life, uh, but the most important thing for you to prepare for uh, is the salvation uh, of your family. Uh, let every Everything else go to the wind if it has to. But there's one preparation you cannot do without. You've got to prepare for what's coming down the road. I don't know who, I, who I'm talking to. I don't know all the situations. But if we mess up that, the Bible says, what is a man profited if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? Whatever else you're preparing for, whatever else you're trying to do, make sure you are ready for when Jesus comes Again, uh, hear me, God is a God of preparation. God has made preparation for you and for me. Hebrews eleven sixteen. but now they desire a better country that is a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. He prepared something for you. He put things in place, knew what you needed, got everything set up. He prepared what you need. He said to his disciples in John 14 and 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He said, I'm going to prepare. God's not just doing this thing off the cuff. He's prepared a place for you. He's got everything set up. The Bible says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither 
neither hath it entered into the hearts of man uh, the things uh, that God hath prepared uh, for them uh, that love him. Uh, God has prepared uh, the things that you need. Uh, God's got everything set up. Uh, he is a God of preparation. Uh, and when someone that prepares, uh, they want to connect with people that prepare. So God has prepared for you. And we must prepare for him. Matthew 25 and 6. That midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Once again, the same scenario that you see over and over again. Five wise, five foolish. Five that made preparation. They all knew what to do. They all knew where to get the oil. When they asked, give us some of your oil, and he said, no, I prepared for me. Go to the city, get the oil. They knew where to go to get it. What made the difference between the wise and the fool was not their knowledge base. It was their preparation. You can sit here today and say, I know all those scriptures. I can quote all kinds of scriptures. I know what's required of me. But knowing is not what it takes. You've got to go beyond. And you've got to be prepared. He said there will be a time that the cry will go out. Come in. It's time. Come on in. And if you're not ready, you can't get in. You can't make it in. I don't care what you know. I don't care how much you know. You've got to go beyond just a knowledge base. You've got to prepare your life for the life to come. Revelation 19 and 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor unto him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his wife has made herself ready. Stand with me. You've got to make yourself ready. God says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Save yourself from this untoward generation. You've got to go beyond just saying, well, something's happening here, something's happening there. You've got to say, listen, I need God in my life. And it's not good enough that I know the scriptures. It's not good enough uh, that I know that Jesus is God. Uh, the devils know that Jesus is God. It's not good enough. Uh, are you ready? If the Lord was to come today, are you prepared to go in? If the call came out, the bridegroom cometh, go meet him in the rapture. Are you prepared to go? Not, 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 I know what to do. No, are you prepared to go? I remember a story years ago. A man went to get a job. He needed a job. He found out they were hiring at this boat dock where people parked their big boats. And the guy said, have you ever worked on boats? He said, no, sir. You ever done this or that? No, sir. He said, well, what's your qualifications? He said, well, I can, I can sleep through a stormy night. Well, that's, that's really good. The guy said, well, I'm, you know, 
I don't think you're going to keep this job, but I have to run. I need someone here. This is what you need to do. Da, 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 da. Everything went great, so he let him stay the next day and the next day and a week after week. And the guy seemed to get everything done. Everything happened good. And he said that uh, one night a storm came in. And that man lived right there by the boats and the owner of that whole shipyard come and he's knocking on that door, beating on it and he can't, no response and he's beating on that door. And uh, finally, the guy wakes up, he opens the door. Can I help you? He said, do you not see what's going on out here? There's a storm. We've got to lock down the boats. We've got to cover them up. We've got to make sure everything's ready. And the guy said, listen, I told you my qualifications. I can sleep through a stormy night. He said, and the reason why is every day I'm going to do what it takes to sleep and to have rest. He said, every day I button down the ships. Every day I make the preparation process. I don't wait for the storm to come. I don't wait for everything to come crashing down around me before I make a move. I prepare. I don't pray just when things get bad. I pray because of who he is. I don't come to God and give my life to him because everything is falling around me. I'm not waiting for that. Right here, right now, I need God. And I'm going to prepare myself to meet him when he comes. Make sure you are building things that last. Don't lay up just treasures here on earth, but lay up treasures in heaven. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I see tears flowing down people's face right now. In the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost, just take a moment right where you are and begin to pray. We're about to make a move, but right where you are, begin to pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus, God, God, I want to do something this week and the next couple weeks that go beyond one sermon. I pray that people begin to get these principles, these thoughts, these understandings, this wisdom from your word. God, we cannot wait for life to happen to us. We must prepare ourselves. God, there are people that are hurting. Things are going on in their lives. There is, they are in the storm now. God, they can come to you and you can give them peace in that storm. Lord Jesus, you said if anyone lacked wisdom, let them come to you and you would give them everything that they need to help them. So Lord, I pray right now, help us to make the moves that we need to make. Help us to make the decisions. God, don't let us, God, tear things down. Don't let us live with apathy. Let us live with preparation today let me prepare for tomorrow and next week today let me look beyond the situations that are facing me let me make a decision for eternity in the name of the lord jesus in the name of jesus how long you're gonna wait how long you're gonna cry about the fact that your old plan messed up you just gotta say listen I know that happened, but I'm going to get a new plan. I'm getting a new focus. I'm coming to God today. I need God in my life. Right now, from the front to the back, let's fill these altars. Let's come and let's find a place. 
saint of God, sinner, backslider, lukewarm, on fire for God, it doesn't matter. Why don't you come and give your heart to God today? Why don't you make sure you're ready? Why don't you make sure that everything is in place to give your heart fully to him in the name of the Lord Jesus. Today would be a great day to make preparation. Don't wait till a disaster hits. Make preparation today. God, I give myself to you. I'm going to live beyond today. I'm going to live beyond this moment. I'm going to prepare for eternity in the name of the Lord Jesus. Ministers, begin to move and pray. Let the Holy Ghost begin to lead you and guide you. Altar workers, ministers, get the blessing you need and move and pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the Holy Ghost is here. Come on, live 2015 different than you did 2014. Come on, make wise decisions. Wisdom starts with preparation. God started everything with preparation. He told Rosondo Rebayanda. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. That's the Holy Ghost. That's it, ma'am. That's it. Just talk. That's the Holy Ghost touching you right there. That's the Holy Ghost touching you. Come on, that's it. Let God fill you. Let God touch you. Let God refresh you. Let God give you a fresh start. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Just talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I give myself fully to you today. God, I give myself fully to you today. Lord Jesus, here it is. Here's every part of me, every part of my heart and my life. I give it to you. Oh, Lord, I've been living you for you for a long time. I have given myself to you for a long time. But I've allowed myself to simply live day by day. God, in the name of Jesus, help me, God, to prepare. Help me, God, to focus in. Help me to reach beyond myself. Help me to reach for the things of God. Help me to build an ark for the saving of my family. Help me, God, to do the things I can do to help my marriage. God, I don't want to wait till it falls apart. God, I want to prepare for it to be strong and be able to last through the storm. I want it to last through the storm. 